Welcome to the Inner Glow podcast. My name is Stepanka and I am a clinical hypnotherapist and your empowerment coach. Each episode is designed to help you feel empowered, confident and to help you create the life of your dreams. I help women to overcome their fears, worries, insecurities and anxiety so that they no longer feel like their life is on hold. I believe that it is time for you to step back into your power. I combine hypnotherapy, spiritual mindset principles with the energetics, which I believe is the perfect blend for a modern day woman. Are you ready to shift your life to the next level? If yes, then you are in the right place. Let's get into it. Hello beautiful souls and welcome to the Inner Glow podcast. It is Stefanka here and I am so excited to be bringing you a new episode. And this episode, the name of it is Crack the Language Code. So I'll be diving deeper into the power of the words and sentences you use every single day. And the reason why I have decided to record uh, this episode is because a while ago I had published an episode which was called Hypnotize Your Mind or Hypnotize Yourself to Success by Using the Right Words, something along those lines. And it was so successful. So many of you absolutely loved the episode. It had so many downloads within a couple of days and up until now it's one of the most popular episodes I've ever created. So I have decided to actually expand on the topic of language and share more information um, with you around the power of language the words and I'm going to be sharing very unique tips here with you and I will be also going beyond just the meaning of different words. I'll be mentioning loads of bonus tips that don't usually get mentioned. I will be also diving into specific phrases which I would recommend that you avoid and what kind of phrases you could use instead. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. And again, if you really enjoy this, if you have benefited from this podcast, please do share it with me. It honestly makes me so happy when you reach out to me when you share your feedback on an episode, whether you send me a message on Facebook, on Instagram, whether you share uh, the podcast on your Instagram stories or Facebook stories or just post in my Facebook group, which is called New Earth Women. It just honestly makes my day every single time. And just to let you know what's going on here. It's Sunday afternoon and I usually work on weekends. I take Tuesdays and Wednesdays off and because I live in a small seaside town right now it's probably the hottest day this year yet and the town is just packed with tourists. So it's really noisy. Uh, I have got all my windows closed but still and there is there is like someone singing somewhere in the background. So if it's too noisy, please um, excuse all this external noise. Hopefully you can still hear me fine. But at the same time, I, I as I shared in the previous episode, I always follow the activation. And right now I'm feeling activated and really excited to record this episode. So I don't really want to postpone it for the evening when it's quieter or for tomorrow morning. When I'm feeling the inspiration, I just want to sit down and do it because I really feel that that's when the intuitive guidance is flowing through me. So let's dive into this topic. So if you were to search, let's say on Google, why language is important, you will most likely find something like this. Language is important in every aspect of our lives because it allows people to communicate in a manner that enables the sharing of common ideas. And this is so true. Language enables us to communicate with each other and it enables us to share ideas, which is wonderful. 
but if you think about it, it goes way deeper than this. We use language not only with other people, but also with ourselves all the freaking time. Whether it looks like a quiet dialogue in your head or whether you are literally speaking out loud to yourself. So there is a very close connection between our thoughts and words because our words are literally just verbalized thoughts. So some of those things I'll be talking about apply to your thoughts. They apply to the language you use in your internal dialogue. This is why this goes a lot deeper than just how we communicate with other people. That is also important and I will also talk about that. But just think about it. You use language and words and sentences and phrases with yourself all the time. The thing is, the language you use is impacting your energy every single time. And I do have an exercise for you where I will demonstrate this so you can actually feel it. I don't want this episode to be just plain theory or like loads of information. I want you to walk away with a bit of transformation as well, as well as the information. So I will have a couple of tips of how you can feel this yourself and therefore understand the importance of the words we say and the words we think. And I have personally had a very special relationship with language since a very young age. I have always I have always enjoyed playing with words. Um, I would enjoy reading poetry, I enjoy books and I also studied linguistics. So in my first year at university I actually had subjects such as linguistics, etymology, phonetics and these were hard subjects. I'm not going to lie. I studied German language and German literature and some like general topics and subjects like journal linguistics were um, part of the course. But I have learned to appreciate the complexity of it all and how words get created, what kind of feelings they can bring up within us. And I also really love how words get created. And when you think about it, there is a lot of wisdom within it, especially if you learn to uh, search words in a dictionary, in an online dictionary, you learn about all the different parts of of each word and what kind of meaning is behind the word. And I, of course, I am not um, a native speaker. English is not my first language. I grew up in the Czech Republic and it's my, Czech is my first language. So for me, it's even more natural to even search for a word online and really see what the meaning of it is. And it does happen sometimes that I don't know certain words, Um, but I've been doing this for years and there is so much you can learn from just looking at definitions. But I'm going to dive into that a little more later on. But during my first year at university, I clearly remember this particular class. Not only it was in this gorgeous old room, so um, my university building was quite old. It was in the center of Prague. And if you know anything about Prague, Prague is such a beautiful historical city and I always loved living there. I really, really enjoyed my time there and it's still one of my most favorite cities, I have to say. I don't get homesick too often, but I I do love Prague as a city. It's, it's, it's a stunning place to visit. So I remember this particular class. Uh, we had this young teacher and she was really lovely. I often felt intimidated uh, with different teachers but she she was really nice she was probably only maybe a few years older than us than her students and the room was 
the room had these huge windows and you could see the Prague castle, the river and the bridges across the river. The view was just stunning. So I remember that very vividly, like the view from that classroom. And then I really remember like the content, like the things we were learning. And she was talking to us about the energy behind every single word. And that was a new concept to me. Like, of course, when I studied at grammar school, we learned like the normal things, basics of etymology of words um, at grammar school. But she was like going beyond that. She was asking us like, what are your first associations when you hear a certain word? What kind of energy or meaning do different words carry for you and that was really interesting and then she would go on and she would share or she would say different words and our job as students was just to experiment and write down the first things that come up for us when we hear that word so one of the one of the examples i remember was colors she wrote down different colors and and we all had very similar experience with those words. So let's say when she said the color black, most of my classmates, including myself, wrote down dark, sad, funeral, night. Then in a similar way, when she said red, the color red, you know, Many of us were reminded of things such as stop, traffic lights, love, passion. On the other hand, the color white resembled innocence, purity, wedding, light for most of us. So over time, obviously, depending on our culture as well, it's important. Obviously, the demographics play an important role here. Because, let's say, white might resemble innocence and wedding and wedding dress for us here. But in other cultures, that's not what brides wear at a wedding ceremony. So it does differ. But over time, we have learned to assign meanings to certain words. So we feel their meaning. Even without consciously thinking about it. Very often we think that words are neutral, but actually they are not always neutral. And especially when it comes to repetitive thoughts, repetitive words, phrases that we just keep saying to ourselves, well, then they are having a bigger impact on you. And if you ever hear me a talk about programming our subconscious mind, you will um, hear me mention that there are two key things when it comes to programming, so to speak, rewiring your subconscious mind and its repetition and emotions. If we repeat something often, you know, it becomes part of us. And when there is an emotion attached to it, well, then again, this is how we remember with a lot more ease. This is how things get rewired into our subconscious mind and years later I um, started studying hypnosis the subconscious mind neuro-linguistic programming and so on and this is when I was learning about the power of language even more so you can definitely see that you know words they do carry something about them don't they so one single word can bring up emotions, memories, thoughts and beliefs that you consciously connected with it. Based on our upbringing, demographics, past experience and knowledge. And when you look at your words, when you look at the sentences, phrases and in general the language you use, you can easily recognize 
your own emotional codes, especially the limiting beliefs. It's such a easy way to address areas that need healing. It's, it's a great way to understand what your values are. And you can honestly do this by yourself. I often do this with my clients because, of course, when I have a session with them, I am a conscious, mindful listener. That's a key skill for a coach, for a hypnotherapist, for a therapist, for a counselor. We need to listen. And when we listen, we can learn so much about our clients because we can hear what kind of words they repeat. And just by listening to someone's language, you learn a lot about them and you learn, okay, well, actually, this is a limiting belief. Let's look at it together. Let's question it. So I love it. It, it actually gets me really excited. I'm a bit nerdy about it because I, I've had so many great moments with some of my clients when I'm like, hmm. That's interesting that you say this again. And then they are like, oh my God, you are right. Or when they have created identity labels for themselves and they carry those labels with them. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting that you think this about yourself. And so much can be uncovered. So much can be recognized there as well. So you will be surprised to hear that we all have different connections with different words. And I would love for you to experience this for yourself. You can honestly just sit down and do this in your head, or you can pause it, grab a sheet of paper and a pen and write this down. Um, it's an interesting exercise, honestly, a quick one. So think about the word men. What comes up for you? What's the first association that comes up in your head? Women. Money. Sex. Success. Spirituality. Emotional. Sisterhood. Family. Confidence. And I could go on and on and on. It's just an interesting exercise. And this is an observation for yourself. And you can honestly, sorry, my chair is just so squeaky. <laughs> Ow. Excuse me for all the noises I'm making right now. I'm just trying to get a little more settled here. <laughs> Without knocking anything of the table. So I actually did a similar exercise years ago. And I clearly remember that I was so shocked by the things that came up. I was really honest. I wasn't holding back. I literally went for the first associations. So let me share some of my, um, some of my answers from years ago. So with the word men, what came up for me was unreliable. With the word women, what came through was bitches. And I could go on <laughs> with, let's say, the word confidence. I wrote down lack. So you can definitely tell what kind of limiting beliefs I was holding on to. Um, I was after a breakup and I had, you know, negative experiences with men, didn't think I could trust them. And what was even more emotional for me back then was I just got so hurt by a fellow sister, by someone who I thought was a friend, like family. And yeah, and it just my heart was broken for such a long time. And I consciously, and I remember like, I just stopped trusting women. I started expecting 
women to be bitches and I expected women to gossip and to stab me into my bag and, and so on. So just by looking at these two associations, you could easily see where I was at. And it's not to judge myself. It's not to say like, oh my God, what was I thinking? That's never the case. It's more like, that's interesting. I am an observer of my own experience. So what do I need to heal here? And you simply open yourself up to healing. It's just such an easy way to uncover certain limiting beliefs and see what your own perception of those things are. So your words are so important. When you think about it, when you focus on a particular word, like there is something we feel very often, especially if it is something where we have an emotional connection to it. So for me back then, women ooh, cannot be trusted. I had still an emotional reaction in my body and it doesn't always happen with every single word, but it carried vibrational frequency for me. And when you say certain words, your subconscious mind and your body is always listening. When we believe or when we repeat something, we start believing it and we often create self fulfilling prophecies. When we expect something, then it happens and we say, oh, I knew all along. Well, you have energetically created that. So the more you say or think certain things, the more they become your reality. Because every word, every sentence you say is forming the blueprint that your mind and body must work towards until it becomes your reality. So it's almost like you're giving them instructions. Everything starts with a thought. And trying to change, let's say, your negative habits and actions only works if you start changing your thoughts and words around those habits and actions. Because your words and your thoughts dictate your actions and your results. It is a loop and I'm going to share how this loop works. So you have got your thoughts and words, whether they are internalized thoughts or verbalized words, the same thing. So they control and dictate your feelings. Your feelings control and dictate your actions. And your actions control and dictate the results you get, the events in your life. And those, uh, the results we get, loop back to prove the original thought. And that's the self-fulfilling prophecy. I have once read an amazing analogy and I'm going to share this with you. Words are great truffle pigs to uncover your hidden thoughts and beliefs. I love that. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? So the process itself is quite simple. You need to make the decision to pay attention. To pay attention to the things you say to yourself, the things you say with other people. So this might look like slowing down, being quiet, taking a deep breath in before you speak, paying attention to the things that want to come out of your mouth or the things that come out of your mouth, just becoming an observer of that experience. So that's the first step. What happens as a result of this is that automatically you will start changing. You will start changing the words because when you slow down and take a deep breath in, well, you create a bubble of space for yourself and then you can actually notice, oh, this thing was about to come out, but I don't want to give it more energy and I'm going to choose a more empowered way of saying it. So with time, you will start changing things. And also notice whether, for example, when you are with other people, 
whether things change. Let's say if there is someone in your life who you like sing with, like sometimes we can synchronize our language with other people. We are so affected by other people's language. So become an observer of their own language. Of course, this is not about then telling them what to do. You are invested in yourself. You need to be invested in yourself and in your languaging. We cannot give advice to people when they haven't asked for it. But just by you observing their language, you will learn things about them, about yourself, about languaging. You simply become more mindful of everything, which is always very beneficial and you will learn so much from it. And it can be an enlightening process because the people we spend our time with the most tend to share our own perceptions of reality. And therefore they will tend to verbalize the same beliefs about certain things in life. So you will learn from that as well. And of course we take on other people's languaging and beliefs and we tend to agree because we want to be liked, we want to fit in. And it's almost like if you remember, let's say, when our parents or if you are a parent yourself, um, you don't want your kids to hang out with like the bad influence people. <laughs> I don't think there are bad people, not at all. But this is what parents often do. I remember like wanting to hang out with this girl and my mom and grandma were like, oh, this girl again. Yeah, she, she's a naughty girl. I remember them say it. And obviously she's a wonderful woman now, by the way. <laughs> Um, so I don't think labels like this are helpful, not at all, but I just know that it was because she would swear and my mom and nan didn't like it. They didn't want me to swear like her or to wake, to wear revealing clothes like her and so on. So that's what parents do, isn't it? So here are some phrases which I would love to share with you, phrases um, to watch out for uh, with yourself and with others. So I will start with my favorite phrase, I am trying. <laughs> you might have heard me say this before. I know I definitely included this phrase in that previous episode from a while back, but I, I know that this is such a powerful shift you can make for yourself that I need to share this again. So the word try, hmm. it's a funny one because it actually doesn't show commitment. When you say, oh, I'll, I'll try going out for a walk every single day. I'll give it a go. That's not a committed approach, is it? So you either want to do it or you don't want to do it. I'm trying. It's like, yeah, but not really committed over here. So I don't use those words. And when I catch my clients say it, I correct them too. And I learned this years ago when I was actually a teenager myself and my dad corrected me and he said don't say you are trying say you are doing it and I was thinking like hmm interesting interesting <laughs> my dad was so ahead of his time like he was so into all of this <laughs> when I was a teenager now like yeah it's his full-time job he is a he's a healer he's a spiritual teacher he's a massage therapist Reiki healer and all, all kind of different modalities. He's a very busy man. Um, and he was like dipping his toes into into this when he when I was a teenager. He wasn't like full into it, but he was like exploring different ways. So I remember him saying this. Then there is the word I can't. I can't. <laughs> so I can't, that's a very disempowered phrase to use. And let me explain this because it's a common one. We, we all use it sometimes. But why it's not a good one when it comes to your goals and dreams is because it sends a message to your subconscious mind. I am not in control. I am disempowered. I am weak. I am not committed. I don't believe in myself. I don't trust in myself. I don't have the skills and so on. So 
you can replace this. That, that's the key. Like, I understand why we use those things sometimes. But I what I've learned is that the more committed you are, the more... Sorry, not committed. That's not the right word here. The more intentional and honest you are with your language, the more empowered you feel in other areas of your life. So I can't just like, oh, I'm not capable enough. So you either could say like, I'm learning to master this. I'm learning more about it. Like, um, I'm working towards this goal. It's my desire to achieve it and I am progressing already. So there are different ways. Obviously, this is totally out of context. So it depends on the context as well. But just a couple of examples. Another phrase on my list is I need. So I need is a funny one because when you think about it, you might not think there is anything wrong with I need. But the word need when it comes to your goals and desires, all of it, by the way, everything I'm sharing is applicable to your goals and desires. That's that's the context I'm using here because the intention for this episode is to help you upgrade your language so that you can create more success and more happiness in your life. So I need has got that frequency of lack like needy. You know, when we get needy, when someone is really needy and it becomes annoying, that kind of needy, I mean. So it's more like, I need to achieve this because I'm lacking it. So it can have this desperate energy to it. And while we've all felt it, we know what this is like. What if you shift it from need to desire? I honestly have experienced this in the most powerful way when it comes to my body, when let's say I was having certain health problems and I felt really unfit as well, like I need to get fitter, I need to change my body, I need to get this, I need to get healthier and so on. And it was very much focused on like I'm lacking, lacking all of this and I need to change it, like that's like desperate energy. But you can change it to the frequency of desire which is totally different. My perception of desire is like, wow, I I am choosing to create this in my life. Not because I'm not good enough, not because I there is something wrong with me, but because I desire to create this. That's like two different energies. Um, the next phrase I would like to mention is I hope. And I usually highlight this to my clients whenever they use I hope because this itself lacks faith it's like well I'm hoping for the best but I don't think it will really happen I'm expecting the worst so think about it as more like "Hmm, might happen might not happen yeah I don't really believe it could happen I hope and one more phrase I want to share with you is I wish but only in certain contexts. I wish can have a disempowering meaning to it when it's said in context in context oh my god can't pronounce it now (laughs) in context when when you feel not in control, when you feel like, oh, you know, I I can't really do much, I'm just wishing for the best. It's like hope. But I also know that there could be exceptions to I wish. But usually it's when we say, oh yeah, I wish. Sounds really good, I wish this would happen, but yeah, not my case. Doesn't really happen to me, these kind of things. I wish. I was speaking to someone the other day and I I asked her like, oh, are you planning anything nice for the summer? And she was like, no, I wish, I wish I could do something nice. So do you see what I mean? Can you feel it? And then 
there is the whole group of words such as should, must, have to, ought to. And we use them sometimes and it can be in an empowered way. But most of the time when we say I should, I must, I have to, I ought to, then it's in a disempowering way. Because those words carry the meaning of there is pressure on me. I, I have to do it, otherwise something bad will happen. And it has got this... It has got this frequency to it, like something outside of me is telling me to do it. Those words create this impression on our subconscious mind that there is something external. It's like not my choice. It's not my choice, but I should do it. And this is when we build internal resistance towards whatever that is we want to do. And I have seen an incredible change in one of my clients a few years ago when all she did after one session was to follow the strategy. And she replaced shoulds, musts, have tos with I can. And it sounds very simple. But let's say, oh, I should do the laundry today. I have to go to the gym. I must do this. It's almost like I must do this or I'll die or, you know, it can have this feeling. And then, of course, we don't want to do it because it feels like such a chore. But I can do laundry if I choose to. It's more from within. The word can or I am choosing, I choose to, comes from within. So your subconscious mind's reaction is totally different. It's more like, oh, it's my own choice. I'm wanting to do it. It's because I will benefit from it. Well, I'm going to do it. So that's a powerful one. That's a big one. I love this strategy personally. I think it's so, so empowering. In certain contexts, the phrase, I don't know, could be also disempowering, especially if there is nothing else that follows it. It can slam door shut on finding out. Like when we, oh, I don't know, spoken as truth. And it's more about you than about other people here. It's more about like, oh, I don't have the answers. And if it's something we repeat a lot, it can literally become an internalized belief that we hold about ourselves. There is a difference between saying, oh, I don't know this yet, but I'm actually looking into it. Oh, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in finding out more about it. But again, I want to make it clear here. It depends on the context here and how you enjoy it. But great replacements for any of those. By the way, I also have one more bonus phrase, which is limiting. But I, I feel like I'm going to save it for the end. So stay tuned. There is one more sneaky and very sneaky, actually, especially in the personal development world. There is one sneaky phrase. I'll leave it for the end. But now I want to share a couple of great replacements, which can be I can, I am choosing to, I choose, I love, I have, I create, I am creating, I am grateful for, um, I desire, I am doing it, I am going to, I will, I am, XYZ and so on. So these are good ones. These are powerful replacements. Okay, so before I share that bonus sneaky sneaky phrase that we need to watch out for, I want to also share with you something else I often teach my clients, especially clients who are working on their health, on their physical health, and how I encourage them to use words in a certain way to help their body heal. Because the language we use is so important when we talk about physical pain in the body. Have you ever heard anyone describe, let's say, um, a surgery or an examination at doctors and just hearing, just hearing the description of 
this painful feeling of the suffering, you start cringing like, oh, I can't hear this, I can't even hear it. And you are not seeing any pictures. You ha you haven't been there or you wasn't there to see it. But you're like cringing, just hearing about this experience. You're like, oh my God, sounds awful. I can't hear more. Yeah, so we've all had those moments. So again, it's an interesting reminder of how words can paint a picture in our heads. And that's the thing. When you speak about something, it's not just a sound you are making. It paints a picture in your head. You are essentially playing a movie in your head. So one of the ways to change the experience you have, even with your physical body, is to begin changing your personal ex sorry, is to begin changing your language. Let's say um, you can begin by using words such as uncomfortable and discomfort more often in place of pain. If you are someone who struggles with pain, that's just an example. And I usually um, use the example of hypnobirthing. And when a woman is preparing for the birth of her child, by following the hypnobirthing protocol, there are, there are words that describe um, contraction, for example. They, I think they use the word surge or energy surge or something along those lines so that it doesn't have that, oh my God, what's going on, like that emotional charge to it. And the same, the word labor. Just think about it. She's in labor. That has got a meaning to it, doesn't it? It's almost like... I was gonna swear, but it's like freaking hard work. That's what the word labor, labor resembles, isn't it? Definitely when you compare it to the word birth. So I know there is a whole vocabulary for hypnobirthing so that the mother when she is speaking those words or the people around her when they speak those words, it doesn't bring up unpleasant emotions that we have got connected to those words. And I have got a few sentences prepared for you and I would love to read them out to you. And I want you to pay attention and listen closely and see whether you can observe anything in it. That person is just a headache. I can't stomach the situation at all. I can't stand to be this way. Oh my God, he broke my heart. I can't handle this. Oh my God, just thinking about this project at work makes my head hurt. He's doing my head in. My boss is a pain in the neck to me. This whole situation is just a huge problem on my shoulders. So have you noticed anything interesting about those sentences? Well, they involve your body. And when you keep saying that something or someone is a pain in the neck and you repeat it over and over again, remember your body is responding to the words you speak. Your subconscious mind is listening. So the frequent repetition of these types of phrases in thought or out loud tends to create and reinforce the actual physical manifestation of the sim symptoms. Um, of the symptoms that obviously the words indicate. And I have worked with a client actually we are still working together she's one of my long-term coaching clients we have a session every two weeks and uh, when she started working with me she actually had a lot of health problems but she had all tests done which is what i always recommend right we need to see our physicians to see whether there is a physical course or what cause or whatever is going on 
but there was no physical cause. Um, she had so many tests done, there was just nothing wrong with her physically. But she would always have stomach problems. Always, like all kinds, all kinds. And it was really holding her back. And when we looked at things and we talked about things, like it became clear to me that she couldn't stomach certain things. And I'm not going to reveal more details, obviously I'm not mentioning the name anyway, but I want to respect um, this sensitive topic. But it was more about actually not being able to stomach certain changes that has occurred in her family, in her life. And once this became clear and she worked on it, she worked on forgiveness towards certain people, towards herself and learned to adapt to changes, those problems disappeared. So if you find yourself using this kind of a language, write it down, become aware of it, take a few deep breaths next time you speak and think of different ways that you might be able to express your ideas, the things you are going through and learn how to be progressive and healthy in your language. Okay, and now let's reveal the last sneaky phrase that many of us say a lot. And the phrase is, oh my god, someone, someone's swearing on the street outside my house. I hope you didn't hear it because it was really rude. I think there are two people having an argument. <laughs> okay, I know what's going on. I had to stop recording um, the podcast because it became really noisy outside. And I think um, a football match just ended. So I think loads of like young guys were leaving restaurants and pubs and were just loud in the streets. But I think it has calmed down. <laughs> I hope you didn't hear them swear. So, um, back to this sneaky phrase, which is, I know. I know. Two words. We need to be particularly aware of. Because nothing slams the door on further investigation and radical action faster than Oh yeah, I know this. I know it's important to be aware of my language. I know it's important to be aware of my thoughts and words I've heard just before I know it. Thanks, I'm alright. It's almost like no need to explain, not interest because I know it. The thing is, there might be so much value into whatever this person is saying, but because we are in I know mindset, we won't listen, even if there is like a golden nugget within it. It's honestly, it should be called I know mindset, because when we are in I know mindset, we are not receptive to the signs from the universe. We are not receptive to maybe messages other people have for us. And especially in the realm of self-help and personal development when where we can hear certain things over and over again but that's actually critical it's so critical to keep your mind open even if you think you have heard something similar before because we need to hear it over and over again before it clicks i've had so many of those moments when i'm like oh yeah i, I knew this but Sometimes we need someone else to say it. We need to hear it in a different context. We need to hear it from a different speaker. And all of a sudden it falls in place. And it clicks and we experience a big breakthrough. And because I work where women who are also in the same field as me, I am part of a mastermind where there are women who do perhaps similar things as me or they also work in the personal development and self-help area and so on. But when I listen to them, even if I think like I know the answers, wow, I can learn so much. And when you say I know, whether out loud or even in your head, your brain will stop listening and paying attention to, to whatever is going on. But it's almost like you are even 
closing yourself off to receive more wisdom, not just from other people, but from the universe. So stay wide-eyed and be always wondering and open-minded. And the only time when you can use the phrase I know is when you are celebrating something amazing, when you are reaffirming something wonderful to yourself, like I know today is going to be amazing. I know that something wonderful is just about to happen. I know that this holiday is going to be just the best. I know that I'm going to be an author. I know that this idea will bring me loads of abundance and wealth. I know that this is just going to be the most epic thing and so on. (laughs) That's the only exception here. So, ladies, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was quite a thorough episode. I would love to hear your breakthroughs, your takeaways. If you know someone who would benefit from this, please share it with them. If you would like to share this on Instagram, tag me at New Earth Woman or share your takeaways in my Facebook community called New Earth Women. I love that. And if you would like to take this a level deeper, if you would love to work with me on -on one-on-one, be in my energy and do those deep things together. And if you have goals and desires you would like to attract into your reality, I'm here to support you. I love using the combination of coaching, hypnosis, neuro-linguistics, energy healing principles, and I combine them when I work with my one-on-one clients. If you are not interested in one-on-one, but would love to take things a level deeper, if you would love to be in my energy and learn from myself and from the messages I receive, you can always check out the Emotional Alchemist Self-Study Program, which is currently available on my website. But I also do one of consultations, which again, there is a link in the description box so you can check it out. I would love to get to know you. And if you feel called to work with me, then I would love to know about it and connect with you. So loads of love. I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you for listening. If you love this episode, please feel free to leave me a five-star iTunes review. Share it on your Instagram stories or recommend this podcast to your friends. For more high vibes, live trainings, well-being tips and loads of fun, come and join me in my Facebook group called Empowered Women, Shine Bright and Be Yourself. You can find a link in my bio. You can also follow me on Instagram at stepanka underscore For more information, go to the show notes. Loads of love.